Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello, uh, welcome to episode, I think, 18 now, which is pretty exciting. We're on the 18th episode of HivriaCast, um, and I'm super excited. I have someone who I've been a huge fan of for a really long time, even though uh, I didn't listen to her music for a really long time. I know. Um, anyway, but we'll get into that for a discussion <laughs> later, maybe. But this is Dahlia Schusterman. I'm so yeah. excited to have you uh, here for Hivria Cast. Um, to be here. <laughs> and uh, oh my God, I, like, I guess we'll I'll go through your history a little bit. I know that, well, you it's mainly a, know. Is it long? Yeah, we got, you got how much? I'm okay. Just I'm, just I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We'll, we can we'll extend it for a few hours if you want. Uh, okay, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure people will be interested. Right. <laughs> of course they will. Um, well, I guess what I mainly know you for is Bulletproof Stockings. And that was like such a revolutionary band when, when you guys like were coming out of the woodwork and um, made such a big splash. Uh, just like for people listening, it was essentially uh, all-woman band, Hasidic women, um, and you played only for women, right? And... Yep. But you still like had a huge following and played in all these big places, right? Thank God, yeah. We went on tour. We played in all kinds of places and bars and clubs. And yeah, I don't know how we got the green light to go, but we were able to do these all-women shows in places that I'd never even thought they would ever even consider that. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's like when the gate opened, it just kind of... All the gates were like opening all over the place. So... I think, um, yeah, people were ready for it. Women were ready for it, and it was just time. So how'd you get into, how'd you, what led you to that place? Like, because that was, I feel like it felt like you came out, of, from from my <laughs> perspective, it was like, oh, it was like, oh, there's these people, like, doing amazing things. But we're, I'm sure you had uh, a history of music creation and, and that sort of thing, right? Well, <clears throat> um, let me think. Well, yes. Um, started some point I'm trying to think of where you want me to start, but as far as like the rock thing, like, I mean, I used, that's kind of what I did for like a long time. I was mm. touring in rock bands, mm-hmm. um, and, um, like touring, I don't know, around the country and to Europe and doing festivals and doing all that fun stuff and magazines and blah, blah, blah. But it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. Um, I was, was this like, are you Paul Chuva? Um, so technically, I guess, I mean, we all are to some degree. I, I grew up modern Orthodox, so oh, you know, okay. I don't know what, um, it's like a different wagon to fall off. It's like, if it's a, I don't know, whatever, yeah. But, um, but I, yeah, I totally left, you know, uh-huh. the planet yeah right so you so you at the time you were doing you were in rock bands right is that what you're saying you were, like yeah. what kind of band like can you give us so more details the one about? that i spent the most time with was a band called hopewell uh-huh. and um they were um these kids that i i went to school with some of them and you know the, like there were these two brothers um and one of them was a touring member. Well, they end up both becoming touring members of this band called Mercury Rev, which was like really huge mm. in the nineties. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was yesterday, right? <clears throat> so um, I think so. Yeah. So, so they these um, guys and uh, yeah. So I was the only girl in this like 
Italian Catholic boy band, um, which Italian Catholic boy band. I didn't know that. That sounds like a very specific genre. <laughs> well, we were, yeah. I'm, pro- you know what? I think <laughs> weren't the Strokes also something like that? But except they you didn't mean have like a, girl. a boy band, like as in no, totally a not. Boy I just band. realized okay. as it fell out of my mouth, I was like, oh. No, totally not a boy band. Um, no, we were doing a rock like, band with men and with boys in it. Yeah, whatever. guy, dude, whatever. However you gentlemen. define it. Right. Um, <laughs> what did we do? We played. So we did um, like psychedelic uh, punk rock kind of stuff. It's very. That's very non uh, boy band. Right. Yeah. Totally non. Oh my so gosh. Psychedelic. No. It's like art rock. I don't know. Yeah. It's like you know. Uh, like in any way inspired by like Pink Floyd or something. Is totally. Uh-huh. Yes, definitely. That was one of the... Cool. Yeah, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm going to forget all these names because that was like 100 years ago. But <laughs> but like, yeah, we were like... Tons that was of, yesterday. I mean, yeah. Okay, we're <laughs> all digging holes here. I'm not the only one, right? <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what we did. We did uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And it was really awesome. It was incredible. We played amazing places. Um, actually... Got to um, get a song mastered at Abbey Road Studios. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was actually one that I wrote, so I was super jazzed about that. I think it was one that I wrote. Forgive me, Russo Brothers, if I got that wrong. But, um, but you think they're listening? Uh, yes, they will listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I am in touch with um, at least one of them. He, oh. Oh, no, two of them, but one mainly. He's like the first guy to like like anything that I do, like anything I put up, he's like so supportive and he does amazing things also. Like he's just, I mean, the guy was like so talented. I mean, they, they all were. So that's really interesting. So you came from this sort of, you know, I think like a lot of people, um, they, I think we tend to think of the artistic religious journey as being like starting off in the religious world and then going into the secular world. And yours is almost like the reverse of that. Like you started in the secular world and then you went into the... Kind of, yeah. So it's like, you know, so I I had kind of this modern Orthodox-ish upbringing, but like I I went to French school, so like put that together. I was like, you know... What's French school? Okay, so... School in France? No, um, it was outside of D.C. for like... Me and all the diplomatic kids and, you know, those kind oh, of... Oh, you were like the daughter of a diplomat or something no, like that? No, so my father's a translator. Oh, okay. But, you know, he runs in, that's like, you know, those international circles kind of thing. Right. So um, so my parents are French, so it was like, okay, oh, they wow. sent two kids to French school and one kid to Jewish school, and I wasn't that kid. So, hmm. um, so yeah, it was like me and my older sister, like wow. two of the only Jews in a French school. Um so. I want to like ask you everything about a French school, but I feel like that's going to go in like, I'm going to have to Google that yeah, afterwards. Yeah. What is a, do they you have that for other school. countries? Like they, yeah, have, like, totally. a, they actually had a German school. We played really? soccer against the German school. Yeah, totally. Wow. Um, okay. I don't know if they had anything else, but yeah. I mean, there's just so many countries in the world that speak French. I mean, I know there are way more people that speak Spanish and like uh-huh. even more probably Chinese, but there used to be a lot uh-huh. of people who spoke a lot of French. So uh-huh. like all these African, you know, some oh, right. Asians. Right, right. Anyway, so so that's where I went to school. And like pretty much the basis of my Jewish education was like, which a lot of people have just like this like um, afternoon Hebrew school experience, whatever. Mm-hmm. But really mostly where I learned like the feel of Judaism was from my mother because she she became Orthodox as a 
teenager. Mm. Um, you know, she's from Morocco and went to Paris as a teenager and like went to this like Yekish school. It's like totally German. Wow. Not Hasidish at all. <laughs> like she's like, where did you come from? But anyways, but that's where she got her Judaism from. And she held together with like I was gonna say Iron Fist, but that didn't sound so nice. It was actually like just she was just so strong. She was like the pillar of the house, and mm. and she kept the house kosher. And we did Shabbos, and um, we were some of the only people at first who were like walking to shul and like mm-hmm. not wearing spaghetti strap dresses. Like we had, to, you know, we were, our shoulders were covered, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So so I had like a strong feeling for it, mm-hmm. um, and then just like as a kid, I was like always talking to Hashem, like. I just said that out loud, but like, <laughs> I know I'm not the only one out there, guys. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I, yeah, it was always like, uh, it was always very alive in me. And it's funny because like, okay, so I grew up in, in the suburbs of Maryland mm. and um, there were no Hasidim for like miles and miles. Like we, I just did not see Hasidim except mm. right before Pesach, there were all of a sudden all these guys with beards and black hats running around making a matzah factory somewhere. And my heart would just like, like I just wanted to be part of them. Mm. Like I, you know, literally like as a girl, I'm like, how can I express, how can I be so darn Jewish the way they are? You know, <laughs> like they have hats, they have beards. They have, what can I do? So you, you wanted know? to have a beard and a hat? That's you know, <laughs> I want, yeah, like something, you know, I was like, how do I do this? You know, it just felt so like they were so them, you know, and it didn't matter what was, you know, in the scenery. It was just like, they were just doing their thing. And so I always had like this connection to like the very few Hasidim I would ever see. Um, and I eventually like, so I had my f- first musical kind of experience. Like I played piano as a kid, like a million mm. thousand other people do. And I gave up on it like a thousand million other people do. <laughs> and, um, and then I had just turned 16 and I was at this party. You've probably heard this story. Like if, uh, maybe not. Okay. I don't think I have, yeah. All right. Just stop me for like, you know, too much info, but so I was at this. this yeah, first, let's move on. No, I'm <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for it, so don't worry. <laughs> um, so I was at this Earth First party, just like this, like gorilla. Um, Earth you, First. You ever heard of them? No. I wasn't. I don't know. I was following the. Was, Is that like America First? Friends. No, it's Is just that? like <laughs> super gorilla, like eco green, you know, uh-huh, environmental. Okay. Err, you right. know, they're like they uh, mean it, you know. Right. So whatever, I was just hanging out with a bunch of kids from... So it was like so very from, liberal is what you're saying, like a sort of thing. A very, well, liberal is a state, you know, that's a perspective. They're very intense about like their, you know, their okay. um, environmental cause. Okay. So like in that regard, yeah. For me, I was going to party. That was it. It was <laughs> like, it was cool, you know, like um, environment sounds cool, but whatever. So I was at the party. Yeah. And it was like a New Year's Eve thing and there were bands playing. And in between bands, you know, people were going out, doing whatever they do. And um, I was just hanging out and I was watching people, some some of the stragglers who, who were just like just going up to the stage and picking up instruments and just playing. <laughs> and I was just looking at that. I was like, oh, gosh, that's that looks really fun. Um, and eventually I was like, OK, I, you know, like I knew I had music. I knew like I knew I had an ear for it. I knew I had a feel for it, but I didn't, you know, whatever. I'm just like, I'm going to go, whatever. They're doing it. So, mm-hmm. so, so whatever. So I, I went up and I, um, I got the tambourine mm-hmm. and I started shaking that. And I was like, OK, 
I got the tambourine, which is not as simple as you would think. <laughs> so, okay. but I had the, the tambourine I got, and then the person by the bongos moved over. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna try this. So I sat by the bongos, and my hands um, just kind of knew what to do. It's, it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I, I never earned it. I didn't, you know, whatever it was, like I had rhythm. My hands knew insignificantly how to get different sounds out of the drum. I was just playing. Mm. Wow. Totally playing. And then <clears throat> if, I mean, you play music? I forget if you do. I am like the least, I wish that I could, but I am like somehow allergic to music, to, to playing music. To it's, playing it. I, I, I tried everything. I tried, I tried drums, actually. That's what I started with. No way. And then I tried trumpet, and then I tried what? classical guitar. Like there's all the, like, because I'm kind of fascinated with music, but. That's so cool. You tried trumpet? Yeah, it was a disaster. I mean, I did it for a few years, but a few years—that's like yeah. But I—that that was the thing. I tried. <laughs> I tried so hard to embrace it, but it just wasn't uh, in the cards, I guess. Well, I know. And, I know you like dancing. I, I remember you had, were going through a phase. You're like booging your like little kishkas out, right? Or how do you wait? How, how do you know about that? Uh, you, you you post things. I wrote. About- <laughs> You're that guy online. <laughs> Are you, <laughs> you know telling all about me you. <laughs> that I write personal things? Is that what you're saying? Um, you know, I'm not going to go there. Uh, personal <laughs> is like a... That's just so funny. I totally forgot <laughs> that I wrote that. Okay. So uh-huh. yeah, I used to dance. That's true. Yeah. Very accurate. So the reason why yeah. I bring it up... I like being in the totally vicinity of no. it. You like being in the vicinity of music. Uh, yes. But I'm not, I'm not a uh, musical person, I don't think. That's cool. I mean, basically yeah. all... Uh, touching upon was like that high so like you know when you're dancing and you're like totally into it you right. you're like you don't feel yourself like right. you're like out of body out of you know like you're connected to something way bigger way beyond yourself it's right. like everything else just disappears and you're like right. connected to the oneness right so well i feel like that when i write too so i think that's like yes pretty, exactly yeah. yeah totally i didn't mm-hmm. mean to totally discount what you <laughs> really do <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. when you write. Yes, the channeling. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I was on that high, right? And next thing I knew, because I wasn't thinking, I was moving to center stage where there were these two huge kungas. And I just started playing, 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 blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And one, one moment I looked up and I was the only one left on stage. And um, the room had filled up with people, and they were all dancing to what I was doing. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. So. And this was the first. Wait, I don't understand. This was the first time you had done this. The first time I touched a drum. Wow, that's amazing. It was pretty nutty. And you kept going. You didn't get intimidated or anything. You were. So this is what happened. Once that unleashed, like it was just totally like, like life change. So. You know, I have to know this about it. I thought I was like an introvert, like until I was like in my 30s, pretty much. <laughs> but so, <laughs> I don't know why this didn't clue me in that, you know, no, sorry, it's like wrong. But um, yeah, pretty much after that, anytime I saw a musician, somebody walking with an instrument, hi, how's it going? You know, it was just like a conversation. Like all of a sudden I was connected, you know, it was like. Interesting. Yeah. And then like, I just started, you know, there were these kids at one point, I was walking down the street in DC and they were busking and I was just. Ended up sitting in with them and like coming back and doing that again and like we just play and I was just playing on the street to DC and then. Wow, that's interesting because that kind of it's it sounds similar to your description of like you're being drawn to like these Hasidic people that you saw like you seem to like have had this thing where you like are gravitating towards certain kinds of people. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the brain takes a back seat and just kind of like following that feeling. (laughs) But yes, it's a a lot of feeling, a lot of passion. And it's just like, you know what you connect to, you know, where you you plug in and you come alive. So Hasidim was like one of those things, but I had no in to Mm. that at Mm. all. Right. Um, Hashem was not ready to let me go there yet. (laughs) So so music was what he opened up. So sorry. So I started playing with these kids and then... um, um, were you still feeling like religious around that time? Like, totally not. Um, interesting. No. Were you talking to Hashem still? I was always talking to Hashem. So like, even even when all this was gone, you felt like yeah, because yeah. it was just I didn't know. Like modern orthodoxy did not speak to me at all. Uh-huh. Didn't get it. Was not into it. Was just you know I it was just I was turned off actually to be uh, bluntly you know not. No offense to any anybody who that that. You know what? It's so funny because like, there's so many things that you're saying where I'm like the exact opposite. Like, so you're saying that you got attracted to music. I got like I tried to be attracted. I got rejected, and then and then um, what is it? I'm sure no one that's listening is interested, but I just am fascinated by it. Like, I also started off ridiculously attracted to Hasidus, and then became very attracted to modern orthodoxy, and then also oh, you were saying that you. Start. You thought you were an introvert, and then you became an extrovert. For me, I thought I was an extrovert, and then I was like, I don't like people like this. Is you know, and I. Ain't sure about that. <laughs> I like them in specific contexts. Yeah. You know, I'm not anti-people, but I, what I mean is that I, if I had a choice between like going up to someone and just going about my day and and whatever, I would definitely just go about my day. Go know? about your day. I yeah. hear that. I mean, I mean, I think all these things like they're very nuanced, and like these are yeah, words that no, kind of, of course. But I think it's so interesting how we can to- weave these things, and then we, <laughs> and then we, but we connect in that middle place, you know? Right, Isn't right. That, I think that's cool. Yeah, no, totally. And I'm also very offended by your comments about. Uh, yeah, orthodoxy. well, you know, that's what I'm here for, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good squirt. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, it was just like I mean, basically, it was just like more on the modern, less on the orthodox. I just wasn't getting the the Jewish authentic. That's what I was hungry, hungry, hungry for. So, yeah. um, so, so that wasn't happening for me, and I was um, just going on this music path, going on this like street urchin path. And all of a sudden I'm like leaving home and hitchhiking across the country. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wait, was this while you were in school or was Um, it? I I was 16. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure you weren't born? Don't try this at home. This didn't (laughs) happen in the 60s? That sounds like something out of a uh, like movie, you know, Covering like hippies or whatever. Yeah. You know? So you're, you're yeah. writing the script now, right? Just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, That's so cool. So you were 16 and you, did your parents like freak? know about it or did you just like do oh, it? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, they didn't. I didn't really give them a choice. Is yeah, this is really. <laughs> but you were like communic like it didn't like it wasn't like you were running away from home, right? It was like um, were... it was like I I gotta go. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> That's... There are things out there that are calling me. I so, I can't hear. What, what was that? Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. But yeah. so like you told them. It wasn't, um, it wasn't well, like... they knew that. I mean, you know what? I don't remember the specific moment. Maybe they were out of the house. Maybe whatever it was. Like I just I was going. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. I was going, and then I left, and there was a lot of like, "Don't you blah 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 blah," you know? And I was like, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> don't okay. you?" That my my father was, you know, he was just like, of course, like scared. Like I can't even imagine how scared he could be. He was just like, "Don't even call me if you need help." And I was like, "Okay," and <laughs> then I, <laughs> I call him like 
Um, so I'm at the foot of the Grand Canyon. He's like, oh, really? What's it like? <laughs> you know, this is, this is kind of like the story of my my father and me, like our relationship. And wow. he'd be like, don't, 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 don't. And I'd be like, see ya. And then you'd be like, so what was it like? <laughs> I'm going to try it. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. Um, yeah. So they didn't disown you. They. It's not nice. They yeah. didn't disown me. God they bless them. They embraced it. That's so cool. Um, did wow. they embrace it? No. Right. I mean, but they didn't re- but they, reject you or no, anything, No, right? no, no, no. Right. They, no. They, they probably would have wanted to, but they just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> they just loved you too much. Ugh. You know? <laughs> right. Something. I don't know what it was. Uh-huh. But um, God bless them. They, uh, yeah, they, I'm still, you know, yes, we're <laughs> still connected. Um, so, yeah, so I, I did that, and, um, and I was just hanging out with these musicians, and we were going from festival to festival. The first, the first stop was Rainbow Gathering. Back. Right. Yeah. You, what's, do you mind, like, just summing that up real fast, what that is? Oh, Rainbow, Rainbow Gathering? Gathering? It's like well, a hippie. My, so, yeah, yeah, it's just like you, people going in the woods, camping out, trying right. to be as idealistic as possible. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in audio, so they can't see your Yeah, they face can't see my, like, my eyebrows going. <laughs> yeah, your sarcastic face. Yeah. Sorry. That, yeah, sarcastic. Imagine your best sarcastic face. <laughs> um, so, right. um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of it's really beautiful and, you know, ideals are awesome. Um, you know, but there's, without like right. a guide and, you know. Uh, but whatever. that was your life, though. I mean, essentially, you were so, in that world. You were. I was told. I mean, you, once. You leave home at 16 to pursue music. I feel like the inevitable first place would be the Rainbow Gathering. The Rainbow Gathering? <laughs> yeah, I guess if, if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. That's a good point. I was yeah. kidding. No, um, so yeah, so that was, but okay, so so here's the deal. It's like I have this like very Jewish strong neshama that's like screaming at me like, what the heck are you doing? And then I have this other part like, oh, just chill out, relax, you know, everything's cool. Like, you know, just... <laughs> go with the flow, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, like, they were at war with each other. At really? war. Like, yeah. Because I was, like, sitting in this, you know, rainbow gathering, and, like, I was like, okay, that's so cool that these girls want to take off their clothes, but, like, why is that old man just sitting there watching, you know? Uh-huh. Like, it's just, like, a little bit weird, right? I mean, I thought so. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Did I say too much? This is rated. No, this is good. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have the highest amount of listeners now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Naked people. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right, you, can, you can take that out. <laughs> no, that's, Anyways. That's, but, I'm not taking that out, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> God. Dahlia, watch yourself. Um, so... <laughs> Filters are, you know, they've always... Uh, we're only 20 minutes in, so we've got a lot more to go. <laughs> Where's that janitor? <laughs> um, so, okay, so what am I... Oh, so, yeah, Rainbow Gathering. So, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, strange... Um, so there was a clash between your Jewish side and your uh, hippie side, I guess, or Hippie, something. punk rock, whatever it was. Like, I never... I don't know. I never, your, like... Right. Your art, maybe your artist side. Yes. Like, I guess, would be... I guess, yeah. The art, right. the out-of-the-box side. Right. The not quite, yeah, uh, conventional. It's hard as I actually. I don't think I ever really tried to be conventional, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah, the the unconventional. It's like, what do you do with that when like the other quote unquote unconventionals are following some very strange conventions that, or at least strange to me. So um, yeah, so I was at war, total war inside. So you felt like when even when you were in it, it didn't feel right to you, kind of. No, <clears throat> this is just my first, you know. 
I have many, many, many more years of many other crazier experiences to go before, right. you know, the war kind of subsided. It's wow. Like, yeah. So. So so when you were when you ended up like, like once you got to this place of like where you're touring and all these things like, was that that war was still going raging. on? Inside? Really? Yeah, totally. Because it was like okay, I'm hanging out with all these like. You know, hippies are doing all this kind of stuff. And, like, I'm like, okay, there's these ideals. But then the way these people are talking or living, it's just not matching up, you know? And mm. then, like, and, and there was, I, I kind of felt like I, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I identify with certain, you know, the some hippie things like, you know, peace, love, lots of colors, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. All that stuff is beautiful and gorgeous and, you know, like, flowers in your hair. I mean, who's going to argue <laughs> with that, you know? But, <laughs> but, um. You know, then there was also like the, the kind of like the the punk rocky, more intellectual kind of um, mm. you know intensity um, that I also related to, and so yeah, after that, so I was in French school up until like um, high school, and then I went to American school, and that's where I, I I ran into like all these other worlds because French school you don't have all that. Wait, stuff. so you went back to school? Because no, I no, thought no. you. So, so I know. Sorry, I should have. I was in French school, and then I went to American school, and oh. then all of a sudden, like these worlds opened up. Oh, like that's I how I was like hanging out with these people who are doing, you know, who are doing the, the Earth First and the mm-hmm. Amnesty International and the, all those, you know, things that were so important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, and um, and so uh, yeah, so all these worlds like just blew open for me because. Yeah, like I said, you don't like literally. I remember the time when my um, my neighbor. I had a neighbor across the street. This white girl who, um, like, all of a sudden one day just decided she was black, and <laughs> and she was the one who was explaining to me like how it works in American schools. Like you have like skaters. Mm. That was the one that I, like I couldn't. I was like skaters. What do you mean skaters? Mm. Like they have skateboards. Like it's they- interesting. I think like especially in the nineties, there were these like. Because I like was in high school in the nineties, and like I think I just remember there being all these like kind of niche worlds, like yeah. or it was just it was like you know like when you watch like movies from the eighties and nineties, it's always like there's the jocks, and then there's the skaters, and then there's the hippies, and right. you know, um, yeah. And now I think it feels like less categorized like that, but now I think at that time it was very much like that. You think it's less categorized? I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like in high school. Like I don't know. I just. I mean, I haven't been in high school, but like, I, it seems to me like there's not as much of that in popular culture, at least. Like where they're focusing on jocks and versus nerds and. No, blah, blah, I mean, blah. There, I think there are different banners, but I think mm-hmm. there are banners. And I like coming from where I was coming from. I was like, this is a totally American thing. Like, oh, I see. Yeah, didn't you know? Like, what? So there's like an identity built around the fact that you like this toy, like this, you know, like <laughs> that's so funny. It's like all of a sudden, like you know, there's haircuts and there's a way to talk and there's like you know, kind right. of music that you listen to. And I'm like, it just it couldn't like, you know, right. I had to like go there and like see it to understand. Like, I, I, my brain just didn't, you know. In French school, it's like there are people who like riding bikes and people like riding, you know, but it's just like mm-hmm. whatever. It didn't uh, define. <clears throat> it wasn't a defining thing. Like, it, it seemed like in American culture, like, people pick, like, this one thing. Right. And I don't know if it was, like, because of the whole, like, you know, we don't know where we come from. We don't have roots. We don't. So we have to create identity and we have to create culture. Hmm. But, like, you know, all of a sudden there were, like, all these, like, you know, these banners and these flags and these, you know, camps and these <laughs> with rules and, you know, language and everything. Um, hmm. So I was coming at and and, and like, just, 
you know, once again, being a complete alien. Um, <clears throat> but um, I was hanging out where, you know, all these kind of outsider, because, you know, there were the outsiders and then there were the insiders and the quote unquote, because really they all, you know, a bunch, bunch of kids. But like the outsiders were hanging out in um, the smoking section. So that's where, <laughs> so that's where like all this music, like, you know, exchange of culture and whatever was happening. And that's, um, you know, where I heard about the concert that was coming up or this and that, you know, whatever. That's like, so that I left that. That's what I left and was like, okay, this was fun, kind of really strange. Um, I'm out of here. So I, I, so I, so that's when I, I left and, and, um, <clears throat> was out there and I guess thrown into the hippie thing. Cause that's like the first thing that, you know, you go out and that's what's out there in the <laughs> woods, you know, who else is hanging out in the woods or in the desert or, you right. know, in the mountains or wherever we ended up. Um, so we were just going from like festival to festival and, <clears throat> I was meeting different people and like the hitchhiking, you know, partners were switching around and whatever. And this car broke down and, and then we met up with them down the highway, you know, three States down or whatever. It was just like, you know, these, it's like migration. Um, wow. and, um, it was really incredible. Um, it was actually my, f I feel like it was my first real Hasidic experience. Ooh. How's that? <laughs> how's that? Cause, when you have, all you have is like a bag with like bongos and a bottle of Dr. Bronner soap and like, you know, little extra clothes and like nothing else. And you don't know where you're going to be or how you're going to eat or what, like everything is just like in the hands of Hashem. And like, I mean, everything always is, but like here it's just like, there's no illusion, like illusions right. gone. Walls are gone. Security's gone. Right. You're depending on... The next oh, moment, yeah. what is the doors that open? Wow. And there was such a peace. Holy moly. It was mm. like, you know, at that point, I, I, I thought it was like a Zen experience. But like now it's like totally, it's about Hashkacha Pratis. It was so about Hashkacha Pratis. And these kids that I was living this with were like, they were, they were also getting it. I think I was the only Jew. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, maybe they were passing in and out. But, but um, yes, this is like... It was really amazing. Like you literally didn't know what was going to be, and you were happy, and you were like knew it was going to be okay. Because why not? Because you're young, and nothing bad happens, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, um, and and I, you know, thank God, nothing bad did. Like I was really lucky, um, or you know, Shem was really nice to me. <laughs> really, I mean, it was always just like revealed uh, brachas all over the place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were like painting fences, getting money, going, getting to the next stop, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could go on about those adventures, but that's like probably another book. I don't know if you want to <laughs> open that one or not. But wow. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's uh, really amazing. It's really <clears throat> cool. So you, and you just kind of created this life. And then how did that lead then to... Okay, so so I did that. And then I was like, you know, in, back in touch with my parents, they're like, uh, you need to finish high school. And I was mm -hmm. like, are you sure? <laughs> It's like, you know, I, at one point I ended up in Olympia, Washington, where there's this like college called, holy moly, what's it called? Uh, something with a W, whatever. It's a really cool place. <laughs> I'm like hanging out with these kids who go there in this pine forest and train tracks and whatnot and bonfires. And, and like somebody's telling me about all the classes and they're like, you know, they have like witchcraft and all that. I was like, what? 
or get G D, you know, just like, you know, I was like, I mean, I didn't know what I was talking about. It just sounded like other, like get me out of like I just need other. Sorry, out of suburbs, out of convention, out of, you know, I just needed to I, I felt like that's where I belonged, you know? And they're like, uh, did you get another plan? So <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. Uh, I'll finish high school, but I'll finish high school in Israel. Hmm. I was like, um, the like the the secret part of me was just like, you know, maybe Hashem will like, you know, maybe maybe Hashem will hit me there. You know, it's like. So you think like that was your that that those warring elements like that that was when the Jewish I don't know if Jewish is the right word, but that was like when the this other side of you kind of spoke up and like kind of took its opportunity or that's when that other side of me was like hoping and praying that um i would have that experience that just took me to that place that i felt like i was eventually supposed to go to hmm. it didn't happen <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> totally not. that's so funny totally wow. not no but cause... you felt okay so like but yeah. you felt like you during all this time you felt like you were going you you there was some sort of intuitive feeling of like you you knew you were going somewhere right like it that's kind of what it sounds like to me like that there was some part of you that was like you knew you were going towards music and another part that was like it didn't know how but maybe it knew that it had to go towards like it had some to sort of jewish life or yeah. something like that i didn't know how though because right. i mean there were definitely point, points where i was just like well this kind of judaism doesn't speak to me at all that has nothing to do with who I feel inside. So maybe I, maybe I don't need it at all. Like who needs it? Like what, you know, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just me and Hashem and like me in this crazy world. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really, I didn't know. I didn't, but like part of me, like also felt like, okay, if I was going to go, I was going to go all the way, but, um, I needed to like see it or feel it or like see the door or the path or, Mm -hmm. and that, that was not revealed to me yet. Wow. So I'm like in in Eretz Yisrael. I'm like Hashem, hit me now! Like right now, have I, have I now? <laughs> like, I'm at the Kosa. Come on, come on! <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> was, uh, that was a big no. Not yet. That's so interesting because it's like, you know, you, if you think about it, like if I would think of like if I was going to write a traditional Jewish story, you know, about someone returning and but you know and connecting to music as well. Like I would feel like Hashem. You're 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 literally like call literally actually because you speak to Hashem like are asking Hashem for this and instead he keeps redirecting you towards the music as far as I can tell. Well, redirect- or at least the creative side of you. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's fast. It's almost like Hashem was like, take your time, or and not even take your time. This is not the time for that. I mean, I guess. I mean, not that I want to put words in God's mouth, God forbid, but it sounds. You know, I didn't get it either. I still don't. I'm like, why? You know, but like, yeah. okay, I guess I, you know, it's because the movie has to come out. That's what it is. That's the what, movie. Oh, you need a movie. No, no, no. Yeah, I, you know, I need right. to write the movie, and I couldn't write the movie without all these stories. So I was like, I had to. No, I really don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, so I don't know. You know, if anybody knows, anybody out there, like, you know, yeah. s- send me a line. Like, Call in 1-800-TEVRIACAST. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you with your calls. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, no, I had so many more crazy adventures to live. Um, so wow. what can I say? I So I went to Israel, and I'm I'm in a boarding school with a bunch of suburban 
kids who and it was you know like English speaking or American kids who oh. were in, yeah it was an English speaking boarding school in an Israeli boarding school. However, it happens to be <clears throat> it was the year of the Gulf War. So oh, wow. um, yeah, so when the bombs were about to f- drop and they didn't know what kind of bombs they were going to be, right. the Israelis went home. A lot of the Americans left. So it was like us and the Russians. So you stayed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I stayed. Yes, I'll tell you why. My first experience in Israel, <clears throat> um, I was seven. No, I wasn't seven yet. I was six. And there was a different war. And I was 10 miles away from the Lebanese border. And we were having katushas falling on our heads. Hmm. And all the little kids would scurry out in the middle of the night into the bomb shelters while the parents were in the the, the one bomb safe room in the house and we were underground in complete and utter blackout like could not see your hand in front of your face black black and these bombs were falling on our heads and i felt so safe (laughs) makes no sense i don't i don't you know i my little sister was crying you know (laughs) just like and here i am i'm hanging out with these israeli kids you know there's like one guy was like showing me you know like when we get the flashlight he was like i remember he was like showing me his like scars or something i think we couldn't shine or we weren't allowed to shine the lights because you didn't want to bring attention so like maybe there were breaks i just remember he showed me his mm-hmm. appendicitis whatever anyways um it sounds essential to the story right so um <laughs> was to me okay <laughs> so, uh, i didn't mean to stifle your creativity anyway. um so what were they saying so yes so israel and wars so you felt like really safe there i'm like dude yeah i just felt like they they knew i had a a very strong feeling that they, they or we know how to take care of our own, and it mm. doesn't. I just there was never a moment that was like get me out or I'm scared, like not at all. Yeah, it's so interesting because I I know a lot of people that feel similarly. Like I mean I know for I remember Rivka, my wife, uh, she would always talk about like how she felt safer when we were in Israel, like you know, and we were there when there was like a terrorist attack in Jerusalem where we lived and. Uh, you know, before I was even married to her, like I was reporting on the front lines of Gaza and all these Whoa. things. And we, I remember like there were just shells like constantly falling. Um, so we had to keep like going underneath uh, the bunkers and stuff. And um, yeah, there's just something. It's just kind of crazy. Like, like the things that I, you know, I don't know if I would do in America, but like in Israel, um, I was fine with it. And not only that, like, yeah, I mean, it was just, I, and I've heard a lot of people say that they feel safer in Israel. You know, because we, we always hear, you know, I think people that haven't visited Israel, they tend to talk about how, like, you know, oh, it's I'm worried about my safety and, and that sort of thing. And ironically, I think most people, when they visit, they tend to feel the opposite, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's soldiers walking around. Yeah. They, I don't know. They, and they, they're, right. we're all connected, you know. Right. I was going to say they look like you, but they're really, they look like you on the inside because the outside, there's like all kinds of Jews. Obviously, we know right. that. And but it just feels like I don't know. There's a connection. There's a caring, you know. And you know, right. as rude, rude as the falafel guy might be, you know, like on a Tuesday, whatever. But like, you know, you're in trouble. Like he's gonna right. risk his life for you. You know what I mean? Like I just, right. I don't know. It was just like a calm, a peace, whatever. So so I didn't leave. So I stayed. Wow. Um. But yeah, I was just you know still you know hanging out with the punk rockers of Israel and whatever. It was just like. Um, or musicians oh, or so artists. Oh, you were still hanging out with that crowd. I, yeah, I just, that's just, I was still, that was what, that was, what was happening. Right. Um, was not getting the religious 
That's so funny. Yeah. It's it's crazy, right? It's like you think you think like that's not the, how the story's supposed to go, right? It's, just, it's <laughs> like like who wrote this? Yeah. So you know the master did, <laughs> but um. So so after Israel, I was like not sure where I was gonna go because like the mail mail system had gotten all crazy. So like applying for colleges didn't really happen. It was just kind of like. So I was back in touch with those musician kids that I like, you know, gone around the country with, and they were like, "Come to Seattle." They had landed in Seattle, and they're like, "We started a band, you know, whatever. You come play with us." Mm-hmm. So I got a ticket to Seattle. Um, but before I went there, I was like, "Okay, I'm still on the East Coast for a little bit of time," and um, I have a cousin in New Orleans. I don't know much about New Orleans except for like Louis Armstrong, and there's this thing called Mardi Gras. But whatever, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> right. So um, that was another uh, parents out of the house, Dahlia on Greyhound bus and gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dahlia's gone again. And um, and I get picked up by my cousin, who is this pillar of music in New Orleans. He's actually like a massive figure. Um, he's just done all kinds of music with all kinds of people. And wow. he's just like one of those New Orleans people. It's What's a very his name? small city. Um, Jonathan Freilich. He started the New Orleans Klezmer All Stars and Oh, okay. I think I heard, heard of that. Them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're yeah, they've been around for a long time and he's done like all kinds of stuff. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. so so he picks me up in his beat up seventies something or other and uh <laughs> and we go and he has a gig that night. So mm. he's taking me there. Um and I walk into a room probably about the size of this little room or maybe a little I don't know. Yeah, I think the size of this. Remember, we're on audio again. Oh, audio. Okay, (laughs) it's small. Okay, (laughs) there are like a few tables. It's actually okay. It's paint. I have to paint the picture for you. It's painted bright yellow. In black letters, it's written in like painted. Also, little people's place because Mm. it was owned by a family where everyone was like five feet under. Mm. And (laughs) you walk in, and it's Monday night. Why do I know it's Monday night? Because Monday night in New Orleans is beans and rice night, meaning. You go to a bar, and not only you get your cocktail, your drink, your beer, whatever, you get beans and rice. Like, that's just how it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't mess with that. So it's beans and rice night. It's Monday night, and you, <laughs> you walk in, and and there's literally, like, I mean, you got the toothless guy over here, and then you got the babies crawling under the table. I mean, you have, like, the gamut of, like, wow. generations. Um, there were, like, probably three or four white people there, mm-hmm. me, my cousin, and, like, the other guy, you know, whoever he is. And, and... Okay, and then there's like this this big Creole man with like big green eyes and huge massive hands and he's playing a kunga like like thunder and and then there's this, you know, guy with a stand up bass, this mm-hmm. huge, massive huge guy with black guy with a beard. Mm-hmm. It's always impressive. And then <laughs> and then my cousin, you know, Jewish guy on the guitar. And then <laughs> That's really funny. And then there's this guy, Kermit Ruffins. You got to look him up. He's amazing, incredible. He looks like Louis. I, so I don't know much from anything, right? I'm like, "You look like Louis. You wait, you sound like Louis Armstrong. What is going on?" <laughs> like this guy and he plays a trumpet and he's singing and he's just like, "Wow. Oh my gosh. My mind was blown. I I, I felt like I'd walked into this 1920s painting." Wow. Is it like a blues bar or something? It was a blues um music. They or? were playing jazz like oh, Dixie, like you know, New Orleans jazz. It's like uh, New Orleans has its own jazz flavor. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, just think like Louis Armstrong kind of stuff. But like, didn't they funk it up because it's like, you know. Right. Um, that's so, so interesting. Because yeah. uh, that, that's interesting because that parallels like also like my experience where 
the dance part of it where I just discovered like Chicago. Well, actually, it was in Arizona. I discovered blues and became obsessed with oh, it. Oh, yeah. I start, you know, that was when I embraced the dance thing. Like I would go out to these bars where they were playing blues and it was just, wow, you know, such Whoa. an experience, you know. Wait, a similar wait, thing. Where, where in Arizona were you? I was in Tempe, which was like near oh. Phoenix, you know. Um, yeah. And then in Chicago, like when I would visit Chicago, like, um, you know, I'd go to these. That's just, I just love it so much, you know. I do miss that a lot, but I think, yeah. but I think it's, um, I guess there's something really powerful about that. that, that so powerful. That, in, that intimacy and that, like, you know, the dark room, the small dark room that's like, you know, you feel this like connection with the musicians. That's really powerful. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. so powerful. Yeah. I like, I never, I mean, I didn't leave. I like, I, I my ticket to Seattle got sold and whatever. Wow. I, I just like moved. I moved to New Orleans. That wow. Was, was because it. of like that experience? <coughs> yeah. That like wow. knocked me off my socks. I was just like <laughs> out of my socks. And I'm, I'm starting to see a theme. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. Just like oh, you're like, I'm like... so inspired by this. <laughs> Bam. I'm doing it. Like, that's great. I mean, it's think amazing. Think later. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said, think later. Do now. Think later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of a, a lot of that. Um, <laughs> for better or for worse. Right. Um, so thank God, that, you know, Hashem was protecting me through all that, you know, crazy, whatever. Yes. It was just, this feels right. This feels, this right. feels like this is where I should be. And, um, and from there, so I, I'm, I'm in New Orleans, I'm playing bongos on the street corner <laughs> and like some guy's outside taking a smoke cause his band's on break and he sees me play and he's just like, oh my gosh, come on stage, please. And he brought me on stage and you know how they say like in Israel, like everyone's a prime minister. Right. Right. So in New Orleans, like everyone has a band. So, <laughs> so like everyone, so I got like so many gigs just that night, just from, you know, being there. And then wow. I ended up doing... All kinds of stuff. So, like, I started playing with my cousin with the with the New Orleans Klezmer All Stars band. So it was before they had a drummer. They had they had basically a clarinet and a and a accordion player, and they had a stand up bass. But they didn't have a drummer, so I was doing percussion for them. Mm-hmm. And then I was playing um, Mardi Gras parades with this Brazilian thing happening. Um, so I, and then I I was like traveling a, with a circus, uh, <laughs> playing like. <laughs> the we story are, wouldn't be complete without you traveling with a circus. You know, I, it was like <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. It was me, it was all you know That's so funny. in the cards. Wow. Yes, I I did travel with a circus. It was totally <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, one of my closest friends was this woman um, whose name was Oliver. She's still there, mm-hmm. totally rocking New Orleans. She's like also a pillar there, and she she makes hats, but she also makes costumes and she makes events and she makes. A circus. Sometimes it was a circus at one point. There was like all kinds of things that she would do. And so she would always like take me along for the ride. And I was like part of that. So I was doing music, 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 music. It was like jazz and funk and Brazilian and whatever. It was like, yeah. sorry, the time is rolling. And I'm no, 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 no. I was just no? No, Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, so I kept doing, living that. I mean, have you ever been to New Orleans? I've actually never been, no. Oh my gosh, it's nuts. I mean, I don't know what it's like, like post-Katrina, but like, it's probably, you know, sure, it's not that different. But yeah. whatever, it was like, it's another place. It's really like, America is, <laughs> and there's the United States and there's New Orleans. Like, you know, <laughs> and like the explanation really, because there is an explanation, is like the Puritans never got there. So, oh, really? <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. That's interesting relative to your own, like, kind of war you had going on, like with... The religious side and the creative side, like, in the sense that, 
you were in this place where they were ju- they also kind of had more embraced the creative side at that time. Right? Totally. Oh my gosh, yeah. New Orleans is all all about that. It's all about the music, the mm. carnivals. I mean, I had a different costume for like you know three a day. You know what right. I mean? Like, I, I would, isn't there like a thing where you can hire so, like a band to just follow you around or something? In New Orleans? Yeah. Isn't there like a thing? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know they maybe have, I'm making they, it up. Uh, they're probably you. You know. Maybe, probably, maybe it's probably, a new thing. Probably, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't cool enough to know about that part. No, no. <laughs> but um, I mean, there are enough musicians for that to happen for probably everybody to have, you know. But wow. um, yeah, it's like it's all centered around celebration. So, mm-hmm. okay, New Orleans is also super duper schmooper poor. It's like mm-hmm. major, like very poor. Mm-hmm. Like kids not having shoes to put on their feet to go to school with. Like wow, yeah, really poor. Um, so one of their ways to like still feel alive and like, you know, like life is through music. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, the, and, and you also, I mean, there's still remnants of, I mean, it's at the South, you know? So I, I, there were times, I mean, I moved around like so much there. And at one point I was living in the, in the slave quarters of like, there was like the white people's house and there was this beautiful courtyard and then there was the slave quarters and I was, I was my apartment for like... <laughs> oh my God. You yeah. were living in... <laughs> yeah, I, it, that didn't last long. I would literally like, I'd come home and I'd have like these visions of like people shack. I mean, I just... I just yeah, that's crazy. That's cr- like some intense energy. <laughs> so intense. Yes. Energy, it's like, sh- it's crazy. It's crazy energy there. You have like all the voodoo stuff. You have... Wow. I mean, it, it's so intense. And I guess that's what I was going for. I was always going for... Right. I don't know. It's like that's my vibration, I guess. So it just kind of right. That's where I I ended up a lot. Um, it's so cool to hear this side of your story, just because I'm so used to like, you know, I'm like the the story that we I, at least I and I think I know many others heard in the news, where it's like I'm this Hasidic woman combining art and 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 Zneas and this and that and like and which is it was always beautiful, but like it's so kind of cool to hear the origin story or whatever, I guess. Like, yeah. how does that, you know, how does, like, and that's, I guess, what's such an interesting question. Like, how do you go from that? Like, you know, where, where like, so what, what happened after New Orleans? Like, where, or what so, so, happened in New Orleans to lead you to the next step? So, so New Orleans was amazing. I, I would have stayed there forever, except I, <laughs> you know, I'd walk into the bar and like, there was that guy at the end of the bar who was just like, I came to New Orleans, Mardi Gras, 1969, and I never left. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're saying like you were afraid of being that guy. Yeah, I was like, I can't. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, he's probably super cool. But that's not my story. I just know it. That's not my story. That's accurate now. Right. We can confirm that. Yes, we yeah. can confirm. And it's confirmed. And so <laughs> three years later, I'm like, okay, um, maybe if I move to New York... I might meet some Jews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally. So like, again, it was like this Jewish side of you like coming out and being like. I was like, Hashem, gotta... come on. Yeah. Right. You know. So you went to Israel. That didn't work out. So then you were like creative side time again. Go to New Orleans. <laughs> and now the Jewish side again speaking up saying go to New York. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sounds really cool. Uh, yeah, except took forever. Hello, I was in New York. For, so, okay, New York, where do I go? I go to art school, of course. Um, <laughs> so you're saying even in New York, it didn't happen right away. It was no like, way. No way. Wow. No, I didn't even start my rock and roll stuff. Here, so, so far, I'm only playing hand drums. Right. And even though, like, somebody had actually, like, literally given me a drum set, I was, like, mortified, scared, you know, like, not, it was like, I'm not touching that thing, whatever. Um, so I'm just playing hand drums of all kinds. 
I get to college, SUNY Purchase, the art school of the SUNY system. Um, amazing place, amazing things happen there. My friend, so some kids from, from Maryland mm-hmm. ended up going there also. So um, one of them was a friend of mine, and he called me up winter break, first freshman year. And he's like, um, yeah, so I got this awesome band called Boss Hog. Probably don't know. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Bert Boss Hog? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. Well, there was also a television show back in the 90s. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of that. <laughs> but anyways, they were... Either way, it sounds familiar. Yes, yes, familiar, <laughs> familiar, yes. Okay, so we are still yeah. know, connecting. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he got the, them to play, and I was like, that's totally awesome. He's like, yeah, and I'm going to open up for them. I was like, that's fantastic. And he's like, yeah, and um, you're going to be my drummer. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, so who is this again? This is <clears throat> my friend Josh Frank, who's uh-huh. actually this amazing guy who's just started like populating the country with these blue light, uh, blue light, uh, oh my gosh, drive-in theaters. He started one in Austin, and then he did one. He made one in Florida. The kid, the, well, like the kid, he's not a kid anymore. I mean, mm. he is whatever. He's amazing. He also like did a video for the Pixies. You've heard of the Pixies, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Those so, I definitely know who that is. <laughs> so yes, that was, they were huge for us. And this kid, this guy, this man <laughs> who's now a father and awesome. <laughs> um, you know, he was just. He was a monster artist, like whatever. He was a film student at, at SUNY Purchase, and now he, he does these drive-in theaters that he builds and wow. manages. So wait, what did he do for the Pixies? So he he actually made a video for them. He actually wow. wrote a play with the singer of the Pixies. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the, he would just like, he basically just called him up. He's like, hey, dude, let's, you know. We're like, wow. yeah, we got, we're supposed to do something together, so let's do this. I love people that just, they just live like that. They yeah. just live that creativity. What? Yeah, we ha- Right? It's special. How yeah. else? You, you, ha- you have to just... Yes. Um, so anyway, so this, so he was starting a rock band, and I was going to be his drummer. So I basically had two weeks to piece together a drum set, learn how to play, and write these songs together with him. Hmm. Um, so I'm like, you know, on stage, and there's this like drum set that really is pieced together. Like we don't have bolts on the... So I, I would have to hit a cymbal, catch the cymbal and continue playing basically because I didn't know if it was going to fly because it was just like, you know, bolts missing and this missing and that. But, but, mm-hmm. we totally rocked the house. <laughs> it was unreal. It was totally amazing. And wow. his song, like literally like the, his, the, that music was like still some of my favorite music that I ever played. It was just like wow. so driven Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That was just awesome. And so we started playing together. And then there was this <clears throat> this new kid the next year who came to school. And I'd heard about his brother, that he had a brother who was in this band called Mercury Rev. Now, I knew of Mercury Rev. I wasn't like well, like a avid listener or anything. I don't know why, but I distinctly remember I'm walking up the steps towards what's called North, which is like a cafeteria, and I have this very clear vision that I'm going to be playing in a band with those guys. Wow. Totally weird. I hadn't even spoken to the one brother who was on campus. Wow. So next thing I know, we get, whatever, I get close with that guy, and next thing I know, we're like jamming out in the basement in upstate New York and his brother's coming around and next thing I know his brother pulls me aside and says I had this band but now I want this to be my band will you be my drummer so it was just like I don't know just 
follow the flow. Like, like the Shem showed me what was going to happen, and it totally happened. And mm. and that was incredible. Like we were, that was my. That's I was touring with them. We 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 jump in a van and tour around the country and. Like, and so it's just because you were so clearly living such a spiritual life because you were so, like you said, like the Hashem was directing you towards these, these areas. It wasn't like you were rebelling against Hashem. It wasn't like you were fighting, you know, to like fighting for an identity. It was more like you were just like trusting Hashem to take you in the right direction. There's a lot of trust, but I don't know, like... You know, I won't, I feel like I won't know this until like I'm on the other side kind of thing, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, there, there is that part of like, okay, I guess I was supposed to have all those because I, I wasn't living like, you know, Jewish girls are supposed to be living. You know what I mean? It was like, right. do you know, going through a lot of stuff and experiences that you don't want your kids, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's. Are you it saying was, you wouldn't want your kids to no, experience that? for sure not. <laughs> That's so interesting. But at the same time, it was like, again, I think it's so interesting. I had this earnest desire to find your Jewish path, and yet and you were just kept get, being given these other paths, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, it was just like wherever I went, <clears throat> Hashem was putting me on stage. Mm. Wherever I went, I was, I was, you know, involved in the arts. Like I was constantly involved in the arts. Whether it was, I mean, I was also doing theater there. I was directing theater. I was writing. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I did all, all <laughs> wow. kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, and it's funny because, like, I went to art school, but I was just like, I have no desire to study music or art or like, I just like, I just want to read books. I'm going to study what I want. I was taking, you know, Buddhism class and whatever philosophy, literature, Shakespeare, whatever. Like I I just wanted to feed my brain because I was like, I do art. Like I don't want to study art. You know, it's just me. You know, I just kind of want to develop the other parts of me that I really, um, you know, was kind of jazzed about also. So, so I ended up um, taking enough classes for almost three majors. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um, and um, <clears throat> I was literally like, uh, sorry, if I'm going on too many tangents, you gotta get You're good. We have like five minutes left, though. So, you know, Seriously? Just warning you, yeah. Really, really? I know it feels like <gasps> we've been. Oh, no, I didn't even like, get to anything. I mean, as far I think this music, was all awesome. This is you know? all awesome? Okay. Yeah, but I do think maybe you should come back and then we can. We can go like we just gotta chapter we gotta two. yeah chapter two and then <laughs> and we'll turn and then we'll turn the whole thing into a movie you know once we get there nice <laughs> but I know I mean it's so like to me that's I, I actually find this part fascinating because it's like you know it's it's interesting because we all know the end of the story or at least the current stage of the story you know and and so it's fascinating to hear all these different steps that have seemingly nothing to do with that destination right and yet obviously we're integral with it right i mean yeah i don't know it was just uh it, it was not a yeah it was not a straight shoot um nothing in my entire existence has ever been a straight shoot it's yeah. like so you did so this was when you joined that big band so that's the yeah the, yeah and I, I joined this this band and we were doing all kinds of stuff, and and then after college we kept touring, and that's when we were touring in Europe and doing the wow. festivals. And oh my gosh, that was amazing! Mm-hmm. Um, played at the BBC, like did all kinds of just rock star <laughs> stuff, and whatever you know, it's like you know that that stuff yeah. that you hear about, you know, and it's like and yet you still had that other side war. Going. 
Wow. It was totally. Were you like, was it like emotionally painful or was it just like an awareness? Like, what, would, what did it feel like? Well, there was, I mean, it was an awareness. It was like, I, there's something that in me that's not like matching the environment. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I could do what they're doing and I could, you know, whatever. But like at the end of the day, like I'm not. I'm not settled with it. Like they're cool, like just going with that flow, or at least they think they are, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this is not okay. like there's something else. There's something else I'm not paying attention to, or there's something else that's like, like trying to find its way out, trying to be born, and it's just I'm like it's not, uh, not time yet. I guess we should leave on that. That's like such a cliffhanger. So <laughs> we, you you have to come in again so we can like go from there because that's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. So that was great. Thank you so much for sharing your story, or at least chapter <laughs> chapters one through <laughs> ten or something. You know, I guess. There's a lot of Wait. chapters in it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but. not sorry at all. I think it was great. It was so much awesome. fun to listen to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, we're, you have this new band and everything, which is why I had you on. But do you want to, like, mention what you're up to now so and I'll how people can find you? I'll mention it super fast because it's, like, we have two things coming up, which is really awesome. Um, well, first of all, what's the, the okay. name of it? So um, it's called New Moon All-Stars Party Band. Okay, this is really exciting because you're, you know, not part of Bulletproof Stockings anymore. So I was like, oh, what's Dahlia going to be up to? And I'm so excited to hear that you're part of a new band. I mean, and did you start it? So... Basically, like, the name came from, I would do these, like, um, these Rosh Chodesh things in my house. Your wife came to some and, like, whatever. Right, just, right, right. Yeah, and, and it was just about getting people together. It's just about getting ladies together. Like, you know, I have a drum set in my living room. Might as well, you know, put it to use yeah. and, like, get people who, you know, bring their instruments and, you know, people want to draw on the corner or people want to, like, I was always doing that even in college. I was just like gathering people, like, like, right. let's make art happen. Like here, you know, here, here's a space, uh, you know, I would make a stage, I would make curtains. I was like, you know, like, here's yeah. just like, let's, let's, um, you know, go and go. Right. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so um, in order to, um, to communicate with musicians that I was, you know, going to be playing with, I started a WhatsApp group and that's what I called it, the New Moon All-Stars uh. Party Band. Why New Moon All-Stars? So, okay, so there's the All-Stars part, which is such a throwback to, I mean, the Klezmer All-Stars was the first my first contact with oh, that concept. Right, right. Really but it's just like, back in the day, like, I don't know, 50s, 60s, there was like the whatever All-Stars, the this All-Stars. It was right. like, you know, one of those kind of vintage things. Mm-hmm. And then New Moon, we were doing stuff for Rosh Chodesh, mm-hmm. which I have a strong connection to because not only am I born on Rosh Chodesh, but three of my kids are born on Rosh Chodesh. No way. Yeah, wow. It's totally crazy. That's really amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm listening to one of those stories that's like, is like fictional, you know, I'm like, it's, but it's like so real and it's so amazing. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so, oh, and then the party band part. So this is what I want to make clear. Like, it's not Dahlia starting a new rock band. Like, totally not. Like, I've, I did the rock band thing. It was so fun and so awesome and really great. This is this is more like the party. This is the party. Uh, Dahlia's just, like, throwing a party. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, and it's not just me. It's me and my friends. So what's the difference? So what's the difference? Um, the, my main objective is entirely to just get, women together to ha- like f- have events where women could come and like do their thing you know my thing happens one of my things happens to be music so I'm going to be doing music but like you know bring in and just 
but it's you know it's for everyone to just like come and do their thing. It's just like All right. So you're like throwing parties basically. Basically, so it's like we have yeah. this band and we, we're we're playing these basically, 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 <laughs> like seven times. So, so basically, um, so we basically, basically, sorry, did, did on a basic level, <laughs> right? Yeah. First and foremost, um, we are ladies who just like playing music and. Um, so it had so many stars. <laughs> I caught it. I caught it. It went back inside. Okay. <laughs> so there was the one with me having get, uh, things in my house for Rosh Chodesh. There was, you know, me just jamming at somebody else's house and somebody else singing that and saying, let's do something. And then there was my friend Donna, who's a violinist from Bulletproof Stockings. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And she wanted to do something for her birthday. And so we... She got a band together to do something for her birthday. She really wanted to do Brazilian stuff. So we were, like, collecting, you know, Brazilian, French, jazz, like, mm. all these, like, cool songs, this music that we don't hear right. around where we are and that we all love. We all have a connection to just in some way or another. Mirla Rosenberger, who I don't know if you know, but she's, like... Mirla Rosenberger. She has been in, in Crown Heights for a very long time, and she's just this master musician who's um, just lived her life in music. Um, mm. um, also touring to Batshuva, you know, like the whole, you know. Anyways, so she also, she plays the piano, and we have Laura, who you know. Oh, cool. On cello, who's amazing. Oh, she's the coolest. I gotta she, have her on here. She is the coolest. You really yeah. should have. You, like, all these ladies are really... There's so many people who are the coolest a lot. I don't know what you're doing with your time, but you really gotta get working with these <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Baruch Hashem. There's so many cool people. Thank God. So yes. Yeah, so these are are very all very wonderful. And then, did you know Lolita? Did you ever meet Lolita? I don't think so. She's Lolita from Lebanon. She's like amazing um, person. So she's is that her a, name? Well, that's how Lolita. people call her. But her uh -huh. name is Lolita. She's uh -huh. she's like Frenchy from Lebanon. Um, and she's um, she sings and uh, Mirla. These are all songs. Hasidic. Women or yeah, wow, yeah, so cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah, how many of them are Balchuba? Out of curiosity, um, gosh, I think they uh, they uh, might all be. Wow. Except maybe the saxophone player. I'm not sure what her. Well, you story have a saxophone is. player. That's so yeah. Cool. So She's... you got quite a group. That's yeah, really we got a whole bunch, and we're we're adding more. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's like there's. I think some other people are gonna. Cool. But and so you're getting them together, and we're getting them together, and we're we're doing something at Chavra Vesestral. We're doing right. Women's Night there next Thursday night, which right. is totally awesome. And then that super cool Zalman Wench who owns the Wolf and Lamb restaurant. Mm -hmm. This guy is so amazing. If, 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 you, if you know him, um, I don't know, no, but not personally. He's super open to just like having his place. Besides being an amazing restaurant, also have it be like a cultural center so really yeah so yeah. i was like talking to him about like doing this and he was so into it so we're gonna take over his third um third uh floor where there's a bar and have a ladies night and i actually um you asked me what was new and today i so i, I started i contacted um you know the lady because um you interviewed her um got Gottfried, Gottlieb. Leia Gottfried. Yes. So I spoke to her first um, just to see if she wanted to come and tell stories because I wanted like a storyteller to come also. Wow. Have like a moth kind of thing happening. And she referred me to her co-producer, Jessica, oh. uh -huh. um, who is a comic. You should totally know about her. She. You know, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Jessica, what's her last name? 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but her name's Jessica. She's on that uh, show that they do, um, the Soon By You. Right. So she's going to be um, involved. I'm meeting with her, and she's going to be, she really wants to be involved, and she's going to be part of it also, and just doing her comedy thing and seeing whatever it is. And Cool. So you're just getting these programs going. That's awesome. Yeah, just um, getting people together and um, beautiful opening up the stage. Love it. And right now it's like for women, right? That's what you're doing. Yes, we're doing it for women because, I mean, technically, even though if we're not singing, we could play for men mm. and that's, you know. But like like from my experience in Bulletproof Stockings, which we'll talk about next chapter, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it's so clear that women need a space, want a space, should have a space. So. Right. I'll, that's what yes that's what we're doing well i wish you all the luck in that Thank i hope you. that um if people want to find out about the events is there any way that they can follow you facebook um Fa- f- like for the band or for you like should they just follow you um i mean they could follow me but that yeah we have a facebook page okay the new moon all-stars party band <laughs> got, got <it>. that <laughs> <laughs> new moon all-stars party band six words got it um yeah and so we have, yeah, we have a page. We're doing something at Chavar Vistral. We, we, I will be announcing soon, which I guess I already did, but um, you don't, right. Anyway, so <laughs> at Wolf and Lamb, and that's going to happen on August 23rd, the night after my son's bar mitzvah. Yeah, just a little packed. It's cool. Right. Um, <laughs> Baruch Sounds like it fits your life, at least from my, what I've learned now. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh there's no denying it at this point. What can I say? Baruch Hashem. Well, thank you so much, Dahlia. This was really fun, and uh, I really do hope you come again. I would love to get to Chapter 2. It's Hashem. Thank All you right. so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Hivriya Cast. I'm Aladna Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work, you can follow us by going to hivriya.com or facebook.com slash Mag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, and the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Kal, Kalad, Kalyan.